Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Mental Golf Show. As always, I'm your host, Josh Nichols. And on today's episode, we get practical and detailed about exactly how you can and should spend your time practicing. You'll leave this episode with an actual plan for what to do when you get to the course and you have time to practice and work on your game. And this all comes from my own personal experience of what I did to get my game as good as I was able to get. But before we get into this episode, if you feel like you need one-on-one work on your mental game or practice planning, that's what I do. Yes, I host this podcast, but my actual occupation is working with players all over the world on their golf psychology and how to spend their time, time time management, practice planning, those kind of things. If you like these Golf Thought Thursday episodes and the topics that I cover, this is the exact type of stuff that I work on with players. So if you'd like to take the next step to improve your mental game or practice planning, then send an email to mentalgolfshow at gmail.com, or you can visit my website, joshnicholsgolf.com. All right, let's learn how to plan your practice and get the most out of your time at the course. I asked people on Twitter recently if they could magically win a U.S. Mid-Am. What would have had to change to accomplish that? One of the most common things people said was something to do with the amount of time they got to spend on golf and how best to spend that time. That answer just kept popping up over and over. Most listeners of the show are people who are still working. There are also lots of junior golfers and college golfers or people who are retired who all get get lots of time to spend at the golf course, and I know all of us who are still working are envious of those kind of people, but I mostly want to target players who don't have a ton of time to practice and uh, how to get the most out of that time, and this will still apply to uh, players who have tons of time, because from my own experience, I had a ton of time. So I needed to a way to harness all of that time. So the principles apply to whether you have tons of time or no time at all. But I really want to target specifically players who need to get the most out of their small amount of time, which is something I can relate to much more now. So if you're like me, and you don't have a ton of time to practice, when you finally get to the course, you try to maximize the quantity of golf shots you can hit. You get a large bucket, and you hit as many as you can as fast as you can. Then you hit a few chips and bunker shots, and that feels fine, so let's move on. Then you go over to the putting green, you drop three balls and zoom around the green without a ton of thought. This has its purpose. There's a time for this. But if this is the only way you spend your time, you're not getting the most out of it, even if it feels like it. So let's develop a plan for how best to spend your time. I've talked about it before, and there's been various episodes and interviews where this topic has been covered, but I want to make it nice and concise and digestible and practical and kind of all put in one place right here so you can implement a simple plan the next time you have time at the course. And we've got a lot of new listeners who might not have heard this info yet. So this will be a good kind of launching off point for, for a lot of listeners. My instructor back when I worked with him uh, more often, Robert Linville at Precision Golf School, he came up with a general rule of thumb for practice that I really like. And it was integral to my own practice that helped me get as good as I got. He gave each part of the game a percentage of time. 
And this was based on, he. I think at the time he said 10,000 rounds of golf uh, that had been entered in or that he had analyzed. Uh, so based on those rounds of golf, these were his numbers that he thought uh, the different facets of the game uh, should be allocated in a percentage form. So his numbers were putting needs 37% of your time. Approach, approach shots, iron shots, need 30% of your time. Short game is 21%. Driving is 9%. And if you're keeping up with your mental math, you're like, where's the last 3%? Well, that's sand shots. We break out sand into that final 3% category because most people probably spend too much time working on their sand game. Uh, unless you know your game uh, and you're either really bad at sand shots or you have more sand shots than the normal golfer, you really don't need to put that much emphasis on sand. Uh, we'll get to sand later. So so once you've got these different areas of the game portioned out, how do you spend the time within each of those parts of the game? So you can't just like, okay, I'm going to go hit iron shots for... Uh, 37% of my time. It needs to be broken down with a little more detail. So here's how we break it down. And here's how uh, Robert Limville, my instructor, broke it down for me. Two kind of main ways to practice. Block practice and performance practice. So block practice was 60% of the time. And performance practice was 40% of the time. So within putting of being 37% of your time, 60 of that is block and 40 of that is performance. And we'll get into more detail later on these numbers. Uh, but for now, that's kind of our big structure. So what are block practice and performance practice? Block practice is hitting the same shot with the same club repeatedly. This is a good time to work on alignment, fundamentals, technique, and performance practice is where you're applying what you work on in block practice. You're applying it. Doing drills or hitting random shots as if you're on the course, that's performance practice. That's application of what you've grooved. The purpose of block practice is to let your brain learn how to do a certain skill and put it in set it and forget it mode. Essentially creating a habit. The purpose of performance practice is to stretch your brain out of its grooved comfort zone and challenge it to adapt and change in a more rapid environment than on the course. Having these two different types of practice was honestly the breakthrough part of the practice plan for me that he and I worked on. I always spent way too much time in block practice, something I still do. I was always working on my swing and never really applying it in a structured way. And most people I know do this same thing. Only block practicing feels like the best use of time because you get to hit the most amount of golf balls. But I've learned it's important to exercise different parts of your brain while you practice so that you're better able to adapt to changes on the course. Staying in one single frame of mind your entire practice time grooves your brain, which can be very helpful and that's why block practice is so valuable, but it doesn't challenge your brain to change lanes quickly. So implementing both of these general types of practice into your time at the practice area is what I believe and have experienced is the best way to get the most out of your time. And not everyone agrees with me, right? So depending on who you listen to, you might get different philosophies and 
those per those people might be fully confident in their in their method but this is what i learned for myself was was the most valuable and i got pretty good doing this exact same thing and i have learned uh from talking to so many different people that that changing up your practice in this way is the best way so it's not just me it's what i've learned from a ton of other people so you don't have to take my word for it but uh, I have a lot of confidence in this system. So let's let's take this kind of uh, general structure and bring it to a practical example. And I hope you can relate to this, uh, and I'll try to make it relatable, uh, to actually give you something that makes sense for you and your amount of time. So let's use myself as the test case. On a typical week when things are mostly predictable and there's nothing crazy huge that takes an entire day, which honestly is pretty rare. I've got a nine-month-old and I run junior golf tournaments, which take up an enormous amount of time. But on a week where none of that is really happening, I could probably allocate about five hours of time at the course. Yes, I could use this time to play, and I need to get work on getting out on the actual golf course more often, but... Budget and time-wise, it's not as good of a use of time for me, I feel. Plus, I really just enjoy practicing. So I've got five hours of time to get to the course, and that five hours will be used to for, uh, for practicing. So let's do some math with my five hours. If you're not a math person, then I apologize. But if you are a mathy, schedule, detailed type of person, then you're going to love this. And we've got general takeaways for the non-math people, so stick around. But let's start by going through the different areas of the game. So putting is 37%. Across my five-hour week, I need to spend 1.85 hours of my time on putting. 1.85 hours makes no sense, so 1.85 hours is one hour and 51 minutes. We could safely round that up to two hours. So that's two whole hours spent on the putting green. This would be challenging for me because I love hitting range balls. I love just just whacking range balls as many as I can. But in order for me to get the most out of my five hours per week, I need to give two whole hours of my time to putting. So that's let's set that aside. Two hours of my time is spent on putting. Two hours out of my five hours. Next is approach. Approach is 30%. 30% of five hours is 1.5 hours, give or take. Actually, it was exactly 1.5 hours. So an hour and a half of my five hours of practice time is spent on approach shots. And I think of that anywhere from like, I don't know, 60 yards, 50 yards, somewhere in there to 250 yards, right? Or uh, 230 yards, kind of depending on your club and what you might hit into a green, how how long you're able to hit it. So for me, it's probably in that 50, 60 yard range to about 250. So an hour and a half of my five hours of practice time is spent kind of on mostly irons, we'll say. So next is short game at 21%. 21% of five hours is 1.05. So basically one hour of short game practice and uh, that excludes sand. So one hour of my five hours is spent in the short game area. And this is definitely an area of improvement for me. I rarely go over to the short game area and practice, mostly because the short game area at the course that I go to isn't super great. It's like 
fairway grass on the green and there's only one bunker and it's just it's just not a really good layout but i still need to spend more time than i do right now and this plan shows me that but uh let's set that one hour aside uh next is driving at nine percent which is about 30 percent of my total of five hours so 30 minutes of my five hours needs to be spent with driver in hand right so finally, we've got sand, and sand is 3%, uh, which would be about nine or so minutes of my five hours. We could, we could say 10 minutes of my time is, uh, is spent in the bunker. So we've got two hours of putting, an hour and a half of approach shots, one hour of short game, 30 minutes of driving, and we'll say 10 minutes of sand. This, this gives us a basic structure to schedule our five hours. Now... We've got to break up our time with each area of the game into block and performance. So for each area, we need to allocate 60% of our time to block practice and 40% of our time to performance practice. For two hours of putting, 60% is about an hour and 15 minutes. So for an hour and uh, 15 minutes of my practice week, I need to spend working on my stroke, my setup, my alignment, Building and grooving the skill of being able to hit good putts. I have uh, one of those eye line mirrors, uh, which has lines on it, and and I'm able to like see my shoulder alignment and and that kind of and and like putter being square. So that would be an important tool during this time. And I know this is this is some crazy math, but hang in there, keep keep hanging in there with me. So so we've got an hour and fifteen minutes of my putting is block practice. And now for the other 45 or so minutes, I can spend that on applying what I've grooved. This would be doing performance drills. Uh, One I like would be hitting 18 random six-footers with a goal of making, let's say, 13 of them. And I would go around holes, hitting them from different angles. I like doing six putts to one hole, six putts to another hole, six putts to a third hole. So 18 random six-footers. And I'm trying to make a certain amount of them to kind of give it, give it a goal. Um, maybe even adds a little pressure, right? And then I'm also taking one ball and going all over the green, hitting completely random putts from all types of lengths. And this will help me work on my green reading and speed control. And I'm going through my full routine, that kind of thing, lining up the ball. So that is my plan for my two hours of putting. I've got an hour and 15 of block, working on technique and mechanics practice, and then 45 minutes of applying what I've grooved. And that's my two hours of putting. So now I do the same for approach, short game, driving, and sand. So let's go through each. And, and, and maybe, maybe this can help you like jog your memory or jog your, uh, give you some inspiration of how you should spend your time. Because, I mean, if you're like me, you're like, I just go and I don't really know what I'm doing. So we've got that for putting. Now let's do approach. Approach would get roughly an hour of block practice. Putting an alignment rod down, hitting a bunch of eight irons or five irons, uh, working on my swing and grooving my ability to hit good iron shots. So I like eight iron and five iron just to kind of give it a short iron and a long iron. And I'm, you know, I'm working on my swing during those and just kind of hitting repeated shots, just grooving that skill. So that's an hour that 60% of my total time would be about an hour. The other 30 minutes of approach can be a drill similar to the putting drill, 
where you pick a flag on the range, hit 18 shots to it, and you've got to get it in a 30-foot circle, let's say, 12 out of 18 times. So you've kind of got a, a game that you can play. Or one I really like is choosing completely random clubs out of the golf bag and hitting shots to random targets, never hitting the same thing twice in a row. You could even play through an imaginary round of golf during this time. I, I think that's a cool way to do it. You know, like driver, eight iron, uh, three wood, six iron, driver, uh, pitching wedge. Uh, you know, so it's like you're you're kind of bouncing back and forth from driver to another club, not just continually hitting drivers over and over and over, or continually hitting eight irons over and over. I I, I like that as a way to train the brain to be flexible and adaptable in a quicker way than actually going out to the course. So we've got one hour total of short game and 36 minutes of that would be block and 24 minutes of that would be performance or application for short game block practice. uh, I like to set up a spot with a bunch of golf balls and hit a bunch of chips, just kind of hit one, watch it finish, rake one over, then hit another. You're grooving the skill of being able to hit chips. You could do this from different lies and contours and rough or fairway or or whatever, but you're just grooving that skill of being able to hit that chip better. And then for your 24 minutes of performance chipping practice, you could do something similar to approach and putting where you pick a hole and you hit 18 shots from, we'll say, 20 yards with a fairway lie, and you try to get 14 of those within five feet. So you're, you're giving yourself kind of a goal-directed uh, time where I'm trying to do something. I'm not just hitting shots. I'm actually trying to accomplish something. I'm trying to perform, trying to apply. And uh, something else I like to do is just grab one ball and just toss it, right? So you're tossing it into the fairway, tossing it into the rough, and I just hit to a random target from that lie. I don't pick a lie. I don't, I don't make it nice. I don't make it easy. I just toss the ball, and I hit it from there to various targets. So we've got 30 minutes of driving practice. We could, I I, I like basically doing 20 minutes of kind of block alignment rod, repeated shot practice, and then 10 minutes of a driving drill where we pick a fairway, uh, you know, hit 14 shots, and you're trying to hit uh, 10 out of 14 solid in the fairway drives, going through your full routine. And for sand, since it's only about 10 minutes, we can work on the skill of hitting bunker shots well, and that would probably suffice, right? So I'm just spending 10 minutes like, I'm just working on being able to hit good bunker shots. That's probably good enough with sand. So yes, that was a whirlwind of math and numbers and details and percentages, but now we've got a fully fleshed out structure for how to spend our time at the course. And what I like to do to kind of finish it all off is actually take like 15 minutes at the end of a week and plan out the next week. Monday, I'm going to do this. Tuesday, this. Friday, this. Saturday, this. Now, I know I'm going to be able to go to the golf course on those days, so this is what I'm going to do during those days. And you don't have to do all two hours of putting in the same session. And honestly, I would even encourage you not to. Keep switching things up. Doing things in about 30 to 45 minute increments and taking five minute breaks between keeps you fresh and keeps stretching your brain's ability to be flexible and adaptable. So now it's up to you to actually put in this effort to create your plan for your own practice time. 
And you might not be this detailed-oriented or mathy, schedule type of person. In that case, just having some of the general principles of spending time on all the different parts of your game and probably giving some areas more time than you thought. If you're like me, you just whack a bunch of golf balls without any real plan. So giving all the areas of your game uh, the, the due amount of time, uh, that's probably where you could improve. And then doing block and performance practice, right? Not, uh, not just hitting a bunch of balls, not just block practice, not just random going all over, the, all over the putting green without a plan, doing both things. And keeping things fresh and switching them up, keeping your brain uh, flexible and adaptable. So take some time to set this plan and structure up for yourself. Just try it for one week. Let's start there. Try it for one week. Really dive in and stay disciplined to this plan for one week. See how it feels. I'm willing to bet that you'll feel more productive and accomplished at the end of that week, having spent your time thoughtfully. All right, everyone, hope you enjoyed this episode where we got super detailed and practical about practice. Trust me, I haven't mastered this. I I need to take my own advice and make a plan and implement it in a disciplined way. It's not easy when everything in you just wants to beat a ton of balls and then leave. Trust me, that's, that's how I typically do it these days. But I know from extensive personal experience and learning from lots of others that this is the best way to go about your practice time. And something I always mention at the end of these episodes, what you've heard here isn't therapy. It's meant for information and education purposes only. If you're coming to this episode, to uh, this podcast for some kind of um, therapeutic advice, this is not the right place. If you feel like you need personal help on some deeper things you're going through, I encourage you to talk to a licensed professional. But on the golf psychology front, if you feel like what you've heard doesn't quite cut it and you'd like to work one-on-one with someone uh, on your mental game or on your practice planning, I'm a golf psychology coach. I work with players all over the world on improving their minds and improving their practice time so they can improve their performance on the course. If you'd like to get in touch with me, feel free to send an email to mentalgolfshow at gmail.com or you can visit my website, joshnicholsgolf.com. Links to both of those things are in the show notes. All right. Thanks again to everyone who listens to this podcast. Whether you're new here or you've been here since day one, I really appreciate the community that you have been a part of building. If you've enjoyed this episode, go subscribe. A lot of you have subscribed, but here's the important one. Go leave a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. A lot of you have subscribed, but only a few of you have left a review. There's been awesome. There's been an awesome amount of reviews and some great things said by people, but more people need to go leave a review. So just get on there, leave a five-star review, and maybe jot down one thing that's, that's stuck with you the most or one thing that you've learned or one guest that you really enjoyed and, and jot that in the notes of the review. That would be huge for the podcast. So I would really appreciate that. And I'd love it if you shared this episode with a friend who just beats a ton of balls. They can hit 60 balls in five minutes. They're probably not spending their time as wisely as they could. They think they are, but they could do it better. So send this episode to that friend. Okay. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Mental Golf Show. I'm Josh Nichols, and I will catch you guys next time.